Welcome to the Mug and Bucket Show with Piyush Shinde, a podcast that documents inspirational tales of prominent personalities from arts, sports, politics, and business settings, and focuses on how they won their unannounced moments, which triggered a change in them and made an impact. Here is your host, Piyush Shinde. You are listening to the Mug and Bucket podcast, the only show which sensitizes and inspires people to win their unannounced moments. Finally, we have respite from some rains, and I'm sure you know all the listeners must have munched on their snacks. And when I say Bakarwadi, there's only one name that pops up in our minds is. चितड़े बंदो मिठाई वाले एंड देर इज दिस पर्सन हु इज एक्सट्रीमली हम्बल पैशनेट एंड हार्ड वर्किंग हु इज लुकिंग आफ्टर द ग्रुप एंड रनिंग इट सक्सेसफुली प्लीज वेलकम नन अदर देन इंद्रनील चितड़े थैंक यू सो मच फॉर कमिंग ऑन द शो इंद्रनील इट्स माई प्लेजर पीयूश इट्स रियली नाइस टू बी यर Thank and you so much. My first podcast, so really excited. <laughs> yeah, I mean, let's let's make it the best as well. So yeah, I mean, uh, I guess Bakarwadi is one of the uh, most successful products uh, from the Chitra Group. So can you just go back and tell us the history of Bakarwadi specifically? Uh, when did it start? How did it start? So Bakarwadi as a product is something that actually originates from Gujarat. It is not a Maharashtrian product. uh it was something back in the 70s that uh, you know we had people who were basically cooks what we call achari uh who was able to show that product to my grandfather uh that was the original bakarwadi that you still get in gujarat uh it was not shallow uh, it was shallow fried it was not deep fried like what we say uh sale today and uh, it was slightly on a sweeter note so what my grandfather was able to do was uh, modify the recipe to a certain extent be inspired by some other such type of spring roll based products uh, and pudachi vadi to be very specific which is uh, something that we see a lot in vidarbha okay which is more spicy okay uh, and basically merged together to form something which is typically heartland maharashtrian and something that uh, we felt would appeal to the pune people at that time uh, today it is a success story of its own and i think uh, no, uh, you know it's going to every continent and uh, nice, nice. Ma- making tons of it every hour and yeah. it's a uh, you know it's something that is now connected with the identity of pune okay so now in fact uh, you have kind of given it a maharashtrian touch uh, that's how it started so it started way back in 1970s yeah, if i'm not late right. 70s late 70s okay uh, that that's a good uh, point for us to you know peep Uh, into the history of uh, how this group kind of evolved so what i researched and what the research tells me that you know it all started in limgao around 1935 i mean that's not the official date uh, which is uh, actually flashed from the chitra group but uh, you know then there was some kind of a catastrophe which happened uh, and you guys uh, the the chitra family they shifted to bilavdi and that is somewhere i guess uh, around 1939 and that's how the uh, the, the, journey the journey started, started. so could you just uh, give us a sneak peek so bg chitre was my great grandfather uh, i must say he was uh, one uh, very adventurous person because mm-hmm. uh, he ran a dairy farm in this small village called limgowe uh, in satara district he had a decent business that was going on there and unfortunately at that time raising cattle uh, famines and uh, you know the uh deaths due to d- different types of infections were very high and in one process he ended up losing all his cattle 
and one fine night he was completely bankrupt and clueless about what he was supposed to do so he decided that you know things are not going to work out here uh, let us move to some other pastures and see what can be done and while he was sitting in the train uh, a gentleman suggested to him that why don't you go have a look at uh, this village called bilowdi it is on the banks of the krishna river uh, which we are seeing in the news recently because of the floods yes uh, and uh, the water availability is very good throughout the year uh, it is uh, very fertile land so you could at least start with agriculture there and even if you want to start a dairy availability of fodder will be very good so by fluke he got to know about bilowdi uh and he took the chance uh i guess at that time he had nothing to lose so he had that daring in him that you know let us just go and see and definitely the entrepreneurial spirit was there so he got a feel of the village he felt that the people were nice uh the atmosphere was good and uh, the uh, railway line was running through bilowdi so bilowdi station even at that time during the british era was something that was a change over stop where uh the drivers would probably change okay so that is how he felt that you know if you want to supply the product to a bigger market like pune or mumbai uh, the train would be a good option because roads were non existent correct yeah. and that's how we ended up settling in mumbai uh, settling in bilodi uh, when we started the business obviously there was no brand so he was producing milk and some basic milk products and selling it uh, as a vendor to some popular brands in mumbai and they were reselling the product under their own brand name uh what he found out during that time was that you know he was unable to keep control on what was happening in mumbai staying about 400 450 odd kilometers in bilodi with that type of transportation with no telephony was existent no good roads were there uh and eventually he realized that he was getting cheated there so he got to know that uh, you know his products were uh, falling short on quality or there was something wrong with it uh, and he was not receiving the money against it but actually there was nothing wrong about it and that is when he realized that he needs to do something on this so first thing what he did was he called uh, back his elder son uh, let's say bahu saheb chitre who basically later established the business in pune and asked him to look after the business in mumbai uh, upon few frequent observations and learning they realized that mumbai was too difficult a market to break into uh, honesty was not very well at that time and as a entrepreneur who's just setting up uh, pune seemed a better option okay. the cost of living in pune was less the uh, ability to create a brand was better and uh, overall the prospects seemed better so they decided to relocate to pune Okay. In Pune also at that time when we relocated uh, we started selling the milk and milk products through a different brand name not ours but as a third party supplier to another big brand uh, again we faced the same problem uh, there was no control on what was happening there and since we were not directly doing a b2c business but it was a b2b business in today's terms uh, there was limitations in what profitability we could achieve so that is why they decided that you know we need to do everything on our own and that is where the brand chitre uh, milk and bg chitre dairy was established okay so this we are talking early 40s early 40s and from 1939 basically the progression happened from bilodi okay okay uh eventually as we started selling milk we realized that we could not sell everything on our own and uh, there was excess milk at that time without too much of a preservation technology that we get to see today uh, so what do we do about it so we started making khoa from khoa we started making peda and basic burfis 
along with barfi and some other sweets like jalebis and balushai uh, we started selling sweets as a uh, sweets as a business came into proposition and by that time my grandfather rajabhau chitra had also joined the business so that way these two brothers who were running the business and that is where chitra bandhu because of the brothers came yeah. into the picture yeah, yeah, yeah. chitra bandhu was a brand that was focused on selling milk products which was basically sweets snacks and namkins to start with and chitra dairy as a brand still focuses purely on sale of milk and now certain derivatives from milk like paneer cheese khoa uh, buttermilk lassi shrikhand for okay. example so which was your first sweet specifically if you remember peda it was peda yeah peda okay so uh, that was a fascinating story okay. you know starting from 1939 it's almost been 80 years right yeah. so uh, i guess we had the discussion and uh, you know it it actually is very important that you answer this is you know you must be coming across people you know, who must be saying that indranil has got it uh, has got it very easy you know he is the fourth generation entrepreneur and you know everything was served on his plate so uh, what is your lookout or you know your take at something which has been which has uh, which has been thrown at you or maybe you know someone who comes and actually says that to you what is your outlook you know see sometimes uh Oh, what is visible on the surface and what goes behind it uh, are two very different stories. So, as they say, I think we need to keep in mind that do not judge a book by its cover. Mm-hmm. Uh, secondly, I would say that yes, definitely we grew up in a much more privileged manner than what say my father's generation grew up in, because they had seen uh, living in rented houses, they had seen living in single room houses, uh, they knew what uh, living modestly was and using public transport was. I would say we are blessed that way that we never had to do that. till we actually went abroad and started living there that was when public transport as a entity came into our life so there is no denying the fact that we had a uh, very well uh, upbringing and we were not denied many things which probably would have been for a average household but along with that came a huge responsibility uh, because we were always made aware that you know we are raising a family and a business together and the 1500 1700 odd employees that are working with us are also part of our family and not everybody comes up with the same background or same financial stability that we enjoy because being a fourth generation so what we do and what we live and what our actions are should reflect in a manner that responsibility of all this ecosystem lies upon it mm-hmm. so this was taught at a very early age fortunately we were all blessed that our grandfathers lived long enough that we got to hear them talking on the dining table on the phone and uh, various occasions because at that time when communication and internet was not so good uh, uh, lunch uh, uh, and dining uh, lunch table was basically like a boardroom mm-hmm. so uh, obviously we were made well aware about uh, what we are getting into and the responsibility that comes with it and you know as they say uh, fourth generation family businesses are only 2% of the businesses that start in today's times okay so we are one of those 2% so unfortunately the remaining 98% do not completely understand what that means and there is nothing wrong with that okay. but then being in that 2% and ensuring that we carry this on to the fifth generation not just the fourth is something that we take up as a responsibility and by choice not by force okay okay so how do we do that and how do we ensure that this business continues in further generations mm-hmm. uh be it with changes in the way it is operated be it the changes in the way it is governed or owned as well uh, is something that we think upon and that helps us filter out such ideas very well because uh, we know what it takes to 
pass on a business so i just say you know it's very easy to uh, inherit something it is very not so easy to preserve that exactly and it is yeah. not at all easy to pass that on to the next generation yeah i mean that it's it's been four generations and like you uh, very rightly mentioned uh, 2% is something which i did not know uh, so that's a very uh, mind blowing statistics you know like 7 billion around approx 7 billion okay. and into that you you know fall under that 2% category so that's something really very unique uh, very unique yeah so now uh, like you said you know the fourth generation um, you 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 are 13 partners right uh, so So, uh, these are all your cousins so first cousins or second cousins no, so i would not say they are all my cousins so okay. this uh, is across three generations okay so my grandfather's two younger brother are still uh, uh, active from an advisory role in okay. our business okay uh, they reside in bilodi okay. uh, my father's generation where him and his cousins are present okay uh, and now in my generation me and my cousins are also there in the business yeah. so that way that's about 13 of us okay. so uh, you know there's one very uh, fascinating and interesting statistics which i found out i guess almost 60% of you are engineers so is it that chitale bandhu did not see three idiots <laughs> or is it a requisite <laughs> that you have to do engineering and magas dhanda karayla milnar no i think uh, that way uh, what i would say is that in my father's generation that was a essential thing to do yeah uh, because you know at that time we were aggressively expanding the dairy business and mm-hmm. adopting technology has separated us to being the market leader that we are mm-hmm. and that same outlook is something that we grew up uh, looking into and it was fascinating as a kid you know seeing those rfid tagged cows and buffaloes or seeing the technology where you know plc driven controls back uh, 10 years ago uh, or you know uh, thinking about cloud computing uh, a decade ago was something that nobody knew in india so uh, that technology outlook and exposure was there and that made it more interesting for us to actually pursue engineering not from the shikkamartha <laughs> point of view but from the idea that you know that is what value we could add to the business and i think that is something that all of my cousins also realize uh, and everybody else realize that you know the technical background that we carry is something that definitely is a separating factor or a plus point in the way we run our business because we don't have to rely on external technical factors who can probably misguide us mm-hmm. and having such a technical background definitely helps us be operationally much more sound than we can ever be yeah So uh, of course we saw three date we enjoyed three date we've also read five points of one so there is no, no doubt about that uh, but I think uh, you know if I was to do something like that I would definitely not regret uh, putting that uh, vacuum cleaner on to get the baby out <laughs> okay so that's what we often do just yeah. that it looks very nice in because it's mitai exactly so yeah I mean uh, so. like you said you know there must be a lot of challenges also you know making 13 partners you know come to a consensus so there's a very thin line uh, you being a relative and you being a professional so how does the board meetings happen like say for example if there's a, a rule or a policy which you need to pass out and you know there are 13 different minds across generations working on it it must be difficult how do you guys kind of manage such uh, things So what we have uh, been able to do is that we have been able to envision what we want from our business very well. Uh, the vision is very clear. We know what we want to do as a bigger picture. So that way, when that picture is clear and that vision is there, you know, taking decisions is not so difficult because we know that we have to reach that point. 
so visions can be of different levels so we can have a short term 5 year vision we can have a very short term 2 year vision and we can have a long term 10 year vision but in that bigger picture how do we fit our decisions so that we reach that goal is something that is programmed very well now into the uh, ownership the key management and also the mid level and the worker level managements as well mm-hmm. so having a vision uh, being true to that vision and you know living that vision is very essential and i must say we are blessed because all the partners even my uh, grandfathers uh, who are now 84 uh, and 77 uh, are still looking after that okay uh, so of course when we are taking decision 13 head means 13 different viewpoints but uh, having this goal helps us align ourselves in a manner where we have to see the greater good and see that you know the impact of the decision actually helps the organization but not as as a individual so putting that organization before ahead of us is very essential and that is something that we've been groomed Now. Okay. Okay. And that helps us take decisions better. Yeah. So, uh, if you have to exemplify, now there was a very big announcement that you made couple of years ago. Uh, you know, to keep the shop open from one to four, and there's a very interesting tweet which I read. Uh, the the tweet read, "It's a bigger news than US declaring to adopt a metric system." <laughs> <laughs> and you know, it actually it was a uh, you know It's the news channels news. were flooding. so now when you uh, talk about a decision like this you know which has been uh, been followed for generations and now suddenly you make an announcement now it has to be open so when you uh, as 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 a board member uh, along with these 13 uh, partners when you decided how did this pan out i mean could you just give us a sneak peek of how did that happen and how you guys again came to a consensus of opening that and what uh, business impact uh, it had see uh, when this decision to be very honest is a side effect of some other decisions that we took okay as a business uh, i'll tell you the story how it goes uh, so the idea was that you know uh, when all of this was in a evolutionary stage we were uh, our way of doing business was changing we were at till then a certain time we were more focused on our store business and operating and selling fresh product through our store across the counter but uh, in the last 7 8 years our business model has changed where we now operate through grander channel which is the general trade and the modern trade business where we operate through about 400 500 odd distributors it's spread across five states and the emphasis is on manufacturing at a greater scale packaging it and getting a great supply chain that ensures availability everywhere so when this model changed and that started making much bigger revenues than what the store business combined would ever do uh, we realized that our focus needs to be on this bigger chunk of business rather than being occupied in the stores because there was a limitation to which the store could go uh, grow because uh, physically the size is limited f- number of people that you can actually serve is limited number of stock you could sell is limited because it is all fresh Uh, it has a very limited shelf life so that's why the focus changed from us sitting in the store and governing what was happening in the store to making the store professionally managed okay so when we start uh, change this it was a two year transition because we gradually put in management we gradually put in better systems we gradually put in better checks and balances and during that same process we realized that you know when we want to make things operationally more efficient uh, this opening and closing of the store was actually irrelevant because it was actually wasting time secondly uh, when the store operations were governed by that 1 to 4 uh, shutdown you know the reasoning for that was that that time the partners were still waking up at 4 am because of the milk business and sleeping at uh, 10 10:30 after closing the store at 9 pm uh, they did not have time to rest at all 
and many of our workers were also doing the same type of work because they used to come at 4 in the morning do a morning shift with milk business then work throughout the day or some other job so that rest was a critical factor which was gone now because we our physical presence was not demanded and since it was system driven we could manage our manpower more efficiently mm-hmm. so then why should we keep the shop closed yeah yeah and doesn't make sense it doesn't make sense yeah and you know managing the case taking it again giving it back when we don't have the time to handle that was of no use so that's why the decision was taken that we keep the shop open so once we open in the morning we look at it in the evening because okay. everything is reported on a uh, it system yeah yeah uh so this basically was a side effect okay and that is why we knew what we were getting into we knew what uh, was going to be the effect but we never expected that you know it would be such a breaking news <laughs> and i'm glad it is such a nice breaking news because we broke some uh, unwritten rules which probably hampered the way business was done yeah and i think uh, uh there there is a big uh, uh focus on me taking that decision uh mm-hmm. but uh, i would say that it was a collective decision and obviously we did not anticipate the side effect and the ripple that it would create but we definitely knew that this was what we had to do because uh, the way the business was evolving and the availability of stores was uh, demanded by the customer was changing the demographics of pune were also changing mm-hmm. and our customer trends were very different now okay so that's why all of this helped in the long run Yeah. yeah so uh, has it impacted the sales revenue like the store sales revenue we saw almost 20% growth in sales oh that's that's kind of in huge per store sale yeah that's that's very uh, huge in fact in terms of it is of, huge it is yeah, huge yeah so now since we are talking about board members uh, i'll take i'll say few names and you have to tell me who is who okay so the mischievous one that would be me okay uh, the lazy one i don't think so again i think maybe I, that could be me uh okay because all my other partners are much more hard working than i am <laughs> okay uh the one who eats the most uh pushkar okay uh the critic uh, uh my uncle anand kada okay and bol bachan bol bachan we have quite a few i would say. <laughs> so you can you can name them <laughs> that will land me in trouble <laughs> okay so i i consider all of you are bol bachan then in that sense <laughs> that would be much, a good answer yeah m- much safer answer okay so uh now going back to your family again uh, you are married and you recently had an offspring so does your wife help you with the business or uh, she is independently working on her own projects so my wife is also a masters in uh, electronics engineering okay uh, she specializes in a field called image processing which is part of digital signal processing she is working with her father who's uh, running a few companies that are into this specific niche of electronics engineering uh, and they work a lot with uh, different types of defense agencies or space agencies or different type of uh, requirements where imaging is very necessary wow. uh, we have collaborated on certain fronts where we are probably the first company uh, producing mithai in india to have a x-ray inspection system uh, mm-hmm. what we realized was that for a product like kaju katli where there is a metal silver foil on top of it uh, metal detectors fail because metal is already detected and we don't know what is there inside so how do we detect that so with the help of image processing where we are actually taking the image and comparing it with the right reference image uh, and ensuring that whether that is right or wrong and automatically rejecting that product out is a system we defined and designed in india for the first of its time uh, first of its kind for a mithai sector hmm. and that was something that she designed uh, in collaboration with few other x-ray suppliers so that way we do collaborate on certain image processing aspects like uh, we've also combined uh, in film unwinding so milk packets when they are formed they mm-hmm. unwind from a film mm. so we need to inspect the film because these films are huge 
long yeah. films mm-hmm. and there can be some uh, unnecessary particle on it which can hamper the quality of milk okay. so we inspect those films with the help of image processing mm-hmm. so these are the type of systems which we buy from her company which uh, she specializes in designing mm-hmm. uh, that is where we help and also from the advice perspective that definitely helps she also runs her business she runs a vertical of her business on her own so she knows how to handle people she knows uh, how to read people she has a different perspective on what decisions we can take so it is definitely a good sounding board for me so <laughs> okay. Okay. beyond the marital bliss i would say there is also a good ease because we understand how business is work mm. okay okay so uh, it's a love marriage right it is it so is. now uh, we go to a very um, interesting aspect of that so you know i feel that every love marriage has a good story behind it and so we would want you to just you know elaborate who was the first one to take that bold step and say that i love you and how did it pan out so could you shed some light onto that uh, i think it it was her ah so really interesting story because we knew each other from engineering but we were not dating when we were in college okay so i was there in the netherlands at that time and that is when we started talking uh, and uh we knew uh, we had a spark but that time she wanted to go to the us i was not sure whether i wanted to come back <laughs> uh and we felt that you know transcontinental love is not going to work yeah uh but then uh, some things happened and she decided she wanted to wait here i also came back to india and she was pretty vocal about it so i had to take a few calculated moves after it that you know yes i know th- this is something very serious and we have to approach it in a very right manner because uh you know i see a good future in it but uh, that also meant that i was just entering the business so it was a difficult year yeah. to uh secure my own place and assure her that you know things are going to work so definitely i would say she was the one who took the first move but uh, i think after that uh, i decided to make the way out of it okay okay nice so uh, now tell me uh, when there's an argument between you and her uh, say for example you guys fight you know we all fight and uh, you know what is it that one thing you do to get her special attention something which actually only you know even she doesn't i think there is a particular song <laughs> which if i play uh, things usually do calm down okay which song is it so uh, the name of the song is rapta uh, i can't remember which film it is from i think saif ali khan starred in ah movie. okay saif ali khan and uh, yeah but that usually yeah. works okay so you play that song and she is yeah. like she calms down and by the way which is your uh, hangout place like go to place if you want to date you know you guys go to a date in pune which is your uh, uh, favorite place lately i would say urban foundry urban foundry yeah. okay okay so now uh, since we are talking about family i know you know father is always something you know we children look up to and uh, you know there i'm sure you know there must be a special bond between you and your father so i read this book rich dad poor dad i i'm sure you must have heard about it so it is more f- from a perspective that uh, how a father from a business background raises his son as opposed to others so i want to understand you know what is it that one thing or maybe things uh, which you know stuck with you stayed with you and uh, you know you kind of using it in your business as well the learnings i'm sure you know these learnings were not school learnings or something you know they happened over the time during your uh, trips and uh, during your uh, dining table conversation so what is it that stuck with you predominantly empathy okay so my father is a very very thoughtful person uh he is also what we would say in today's time uh uh very 
in his mind he is always sensitive about how his decisions impact mm-hmm. uh and that is something that i realized i need to learn a lot from him and that is something that i really treasure because that is a perspective i did not have when i joined the business and uh, that empathy is something that definitely helps in tiding over some obstacles where logic does not prevail and uh, that was something that i learned from him that is something that uh, has stayed with me and you know that is something where i would definitely try to emulate him but uh, i still fall short okay so okay. that's definitely something that uh, so know, uh, have you tried doing that like can you give us an instance where you know you actually could uh, remember his words and you like took a step back and kind of uh, tried to apply what he has already and always taught you i think uh, so with empathy comes restraint and uh, this was exactly the words that he would say that you know we need to have some restraint because we are sitting in the power chair so that way it is the easiest thing to go out and crush somebody if you want when you are in that seat but not doing that and channeling that energy into something more productive is something that is basically what is the privilege of sitting in that chair of power and it is not something that people understand very well till they actually fall into what you would say uh, a tough situation and uh, that's something that i re- uh, learned from him and often we've seen that you know we've had uh, worst of the problems uh, that originate uh, from different landscapes that uh, we operate in and uh, there the problems are extremely people centric not logic driven or not number centric and coming in from a engineering background you know we only see the logic and the numbers and the way they can be fit into operational pattern yeah. and there is something beyond that which basically this restrain and empathy and all humility all these factors govern and all of these factors when they don't land a solution and you are in a mood that you know we could just get rid of this problem uh, why don't we do that and that is where his advice is something that i will always remember and i always keep doing that okay. and what i have seen is that you know the worst of the people who have uh, we have had to deal with have turned around because of this wow wow and uh, because of this what has impacted is that we have long lasting relations which are truly meaningful mm-hmm. you know there uh, being in a position of power there are many people that uh, or being in a commanding position of any group, good company uh, there are a lot of people who would want to associate with you all the time simply for the sake of the selfies or the snob yeah. value that comes associated with yes but uh, whenever there is a crisis these are the first people who will run away but uh, then there is a different set of people who will genuinely be troubled because of some inaction or some lack of action or some wrong action uh, who can be angry with you but this empathy is what converts them and they become your lifetime supporters and partners yeah. and this is something that my father has managed because i wherever i go uh, his goodwill is what people talk about and that is something that you know i try to emulate uh, i am nowhere close but uh, that is something that i see as a goal because you know empowering people with whatever we have is something that we need to do because fortunately uh, there is nothing we are short of yeah so what better can we do for the people who actually do work for us uh, who are somewhere related with us and you know create value genuine value so not simply the stock market trend up and down or you know monetary impact but value is what we have to see and that is his 
uh, aspect of living life which i would i really appreciate i mean that those are fantastic values and uh, give my regards to him sure. when obviously he listens to this podcast yeah i'm sure he's looking forward to it yeah so uh, now let's go to your more personal space uh, which is which is more you okay now i'm i'm sure you know uh, handling a business worth 300 200 crore crs turnover per year is challenging like you said you know there's the other side that people do not see and there's a lot of pressure on you and you know when i also met you that day and you were so professional so uh, humble at the same time but now when indranil is not in the chitrai premises or any of the stores what is it that he likes to do and how does he unwinds himself so what are those aspects of indranil uh i think any physical activity is something that i genuinely enjoy so i have played sports i love uh, exercising i love swimming cycling so anything that physically trains me out is something that mentally also satiates me to a great extent music is another thing which i definitely do on my own so i know how to play the drums i've been learning that for the last 2 3 years now uh, i have learned how to play the synth i know how to play the tabla uh the harmonium as well i can play the flute sometimes if i want to and these factors definitely uh get me into zone which is out from the professional environment that we do uh beyond that uh, you know anything that is related to adrenaline is something that is close to me okay. so be it uh, uh, riding motorcycles or mm-hmm. driving fast cars okay. jumping off a bridge or jumping out of a plane you know these things you name it and i like to do it if i have not done it at all okay so uh, this high intensity activities that basically challenges both my brain and physical body uh, are something that i totally enjoy and i love to immerse myself in doing that yeah so uh, in fact when we spoke you told me about uh, the climbing gym when you were in germany yeah. recently could you just uh, tell uh, the listeners what exactly it was and how did you achieve that so uh, we were close to the austrian border uh, in the alps uh, swedish alps uh, what they call and uh, this was at about close to about 8 9000 feet and oh. uh, the idea was that you know there it was a obstacle course at that height with a uh, relatively less oxygen and we had to navigate that at that altitude uh, on a hanging space uh, hanging frame so we were basically tied up with just one rope and oh. uh, so two ropes rather one okay. was the safety the other was the one that you had to play along with and you had to climb through it walk through it swing through it uh, jump through it a uh, lot of many different aspects to it and uh, you know it was tougher than it looks uh, mm-hmm. and uh, i would say you know uh, definitely something that uh, i would love to do again mm-hmm. uh, and you know put more energy to improve my timings again okay okay so uh, that way like when you uh, you also mentioned that you know you hit the gym regularly so which is your favorite workout like something that satiates you internally uh definitely uh, chest workout is something i yeah even i love that but i don't so, do exercise <laughs> whenever i did i used to like doing that there is nothing more uh, uh, satisfying know, satisfying than uh, clean uh, bench press uh, with <laughs> yeah. a nice pr against yeah, it yeah you also mentioned about bikes i guess you uh, own a bmw yeah, bike yeah. rs 1200 right yeah. so uh, is that your favorite bike or uh, do you have some uh, you know kind of a dream bike still so what i have realized is that you know i have become 
टू प्रॅक्टिकल ॲज आय स्टार्टेड मेकिंग मनी अँड माय चॉईसेस आर मोर अबाउट प्रॅक्टिकॅलिटी रादर दॅन एक्स्ट्रीमली पॅशनेटेड इम्प्रॅक्टिकल चॉईसेस सो इफ यू ऑर टू आस्क मी वॉट वुड बी माय फेवरेट बाईक इट वुड डेफिनेटली बी अ सुपर बाईक अँड आय वुड से दर इज वन बाईक आय वुड से आय एम रिस्ट्रिक्टेड टू बट एम वी अगुस्ता is one that uh, is definitely something that i would love to you on your bucket own. list uh not on my bucket list if i move out of the country i'll buy it okay uh because it doesn't make sense on indian roads exactly yeah uh, there is another bike uh, which is uh, something that is very close to my heart is the old yamaha rd350 ah. because it was maniacal yeah i mean everyone loves that it bike scared the shit out of you yeah. it didn't have uh, brakes that worked uh-huh. uh, it would fail at any given time uh-huh. and you know that uncertainty is something that really uh you know clicks with me. <laughs> yeah uh similarly i think the 1200 gs is uh, probably one of the best bikes you could buy in india because you know it can do high speeds it can do bad roads it can do good roads it can do no roads so you know uh, that's how india is that you know it's there is no predictability in what can happen on indian roads and it's something that adapts very well to that okay and i've covered decent miles on it as well i have had a smaller gs before it too so that adventure bike category is something that i find challenging nowadays and you know lately i've been doing a lot of off roading on it uh-huh. where these are close trails where you actually uh, don't do too high speeds but do off roading challenges you go through it uh, okay so that way that bike fits the so that is where bill. this bike fits the requirement very okay. well so okay. i am currently happy with it okay okay but if i think uh, there has been a plan that Pune might get a race track by next 3 or 4 years. Oh. So if that happens I'll buy a, a, a you know race bike for sure. Yeah, you seem very passionate about your biking here like yeah. yeah I mean it it can be felt when you yeah. speak about biking. So the only big risk is that Indian roads are not safe. Mm-hmm. Uh unfortunately uh the worst part about india is that road manners and civil sense about using roads is seriously man, seriously yeah so doing high speeds with these kind of bikes on indian roads is too risky even on the normal bikes man Correct. like they will jump off the so lane so this is why lately like... i prefer off roading because nobody comes on those roads <laughs> and if i want to drive really fast i would go out of the country and drive or just go onto a race track because it's much safer for me and for others okay okay so now since we have known your favorite bike your favorite exercise let's uh, get to know you much uh, deeper and better so now uh, what i'll do is i'll take uh, uh, names uh, and you have to tell your preferences so uh, in clothing what do you prefer which brand uh, remunds <laughs> okay uh, shoes shoes i use a brand called cobblers okay uh, it's something that a friend of mine uh, manufactures uh-huh. and they are bespoke shoes good reliable and sturdy so okay. that's what i buy okay uh, what's the name of your friend uh, harshordan patwardhan okay okay so he uh, manufactures so he also runs this company called chappers uh-huh okay uh, that makes uh, chappels okay. but i never use chappels but uh, all shoes that i get lately are from him so okay okay uh, watch the rolex uh, car uh uh when you say uh, uh, like what is your choice apart from what your uh, or maybe you can just name whatever i think like. uh, definitely the ferrari okay uh liquor glenivet okay uh chitrale product uh badam meva and finally your favorite mom cooked dish baked vegetables okay i was somewhere deep down 
यू नो आय वॉन्टेड यू टू से वरण भात आणि तूप आणि शेंगदाण्याची चटणी बिकॉज दॅट्स काइंड ऑफ अ डेलिकसी फॉर मी आय लव्ह दॅट ओके सो या आय मीन आय ऑल्सो नो दॅट वेन वेन वी स्पोक यू मेन्शन समथिंग अबाउट पोकर दॅट इज ऑल्सो समथिंग यू काइंड ऑफ इंडल्ज युअर सेल्फ इन ॲज अ एंटरटेनमेंट फ्रॉम द एंटरटेनमेंट पॉईंट ऑफ व्ह्यू बट आय ऑल्सो लाईक वेन वी डिस्कस्ड आय ऑल्सो यू नो मेन्शन यू सम स्टॅटिस्टिक्स अँड फॅक्ट दॅट यू नो टुडे यू नो प्लेईंग पोकर प्रोफेशनली इज वन ॲस्पेक्ट यू नो आय वुड स्टील गो ऑन ऑन रिस्पेक्ट दॅट पर्सन बिकॉज दॅन ही इज डुईंग इट प्रोफेशनली इट्स अ वे ऑफ लाईफ फॉर हेम ऑर हर बट दॅन नाव यू सी अ लॉड ऑफ पीपल यू नो आय कम अक्रॉस अ लॉड ऑफ यूथ स्पेसिफिकली मिलेनियल्स अँड इवन द पीपल हू आर इन देअर लेट थर्टीज ऑर अर्ली थर्टीज दे आर हुक्ड ऑन टू इट बट दॅट हॅज समहाव इम्पॅक्टेड देअर मेन लिव्हिंग ऑर लाईवलीहूड यू नो आय सी पीपल गेटिंग अडिक्टेड बिकॉज दॅट्स इझी मनी सो वेन यू सेड पोकर इन वॉट ॲस्पेक्ट डिड यू सेट अँड वॉट इज द मेसेज दॅट यू वॉन्ट टू गिव आउट टू दीज पीपल बिकॉज यू आर अ यंग ऑन्टरप्रनर विच पीपल लुक अप टू सो वॉट वॉट इज इट दॅट यू वूड लाईक टू सी ऑन दिस सी पोकर फॉर मी इज अ गेम इट इज अ स्पोर्ट इट इज अबाउट मॅथमॅटिक्स इट इज अबाउट प्रॉबॅबिलिटी सो आय प्लेड फॉर द शिअर मेंटल प्लेशर दॅट कम्स विथ इट बिकॉज यू आर प्लेईंग विथ सिक्स अदर पीपल हू आर थिंकिंग ऑन दर ओन अँड देर इज अ गेसिंग ॲस्पेक्ट टू इट सो देर इज अ बिग डिफरन्स बिट्वीन प्लेईंग पोकर अँड गॅम्बलिंग सो क्लॅरिटी अबाउट वॉट यू वॉन्ट टू एक्सपेक्ट यू वॉन्ट टू गॅम्बल अँड डू यू वॉन्ट टू शो दॅट यू हॅव टन्स ऑफ मनी अँड प्ले इट आउट विन लूज वॉट एव्हर इट इज ऑर डू यू ॲक्च्युली वॉन्ट टू प्ले पोकर वेअर इट चॅलेंजेस युअर ब्रेन अँड यू प्ले इन अ लिमिटेड क्लोज सर्किट वेअर पीपल आर नोन नॉट टू गॅम्बल इज अ चॉईस दॅट पीपल हॅव टू मेक अनफॉर्च्युनेटली इट इज अ व्हेरी थिन लाईन यू डू गेट कॅरीड अवे इन टू अ डिफरंट टेबल अँड इट कॅन चेंज हाऊ थिंग्स वर्क सो पीपल नीड टू अंडरस्टँड दॅट गॅम्बलिंग नेवर टूक एनी पर्सन एनिवेअर यू नीड टू मेक क्लिअर चॉईसेस सो हॅव क्लॅरिटी अँड इफ यू हॅव क्लॅरिटी देर इज नथिंग रॉंग इन प्लेईंग कार्ड्स ओके आय मीन दिस इज फॉर ऑल द लिसनर्स प्लीज डू टेक अ नोट दॅट यू नो इवन दो इंद्रनील does play poker but he hits the gym 5:15 am every day he is at his plant before the uh, you know uh, you know even the workers are there at the plant so you know that's really commendable and you know playing it parallelly or even you know if 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 that's something that kind of hobby that people want to pursue so be it but then you know you don't have to kind of uh, let it impact your uh, daily routine Yeah, I mean, that's very well said. In fact, I do wish that people do listen to this portion. So. Yeah. So uh, now let's get back to the, uh, you know, working of Chitray Group. And, uh, you know, I, we, we had a very long conversation on the technology aspect yeah. of, you know, what you're uh, using currently. So something like Internet of Things, IoT or Artificial Intelligence, AI. So could you just shed some light on what exactly and how does Chitray Group leverage that uh, in today's times? So, yeah. Uh, Technology is something that is a key component of any Chitale group activity. So be it our milk business, be it our sweets and snack business, you know, they will always be a huge impetus on technology because we realize that, you know, human dependent systems will fail. Uh, we need to have technology driven systems where there are human values added to it and empathy again, as I would say, uh, featured into it. uh so technology helps us leverage the best potential that any investment can come up with be it a human resource be it a machine resource be it a plant resource or marketing resource uh so the factors that where we are using iot or cloud or you know uh, mis systems all of this is helping us obtain data in a manner where it is much more 
relevant for us to take right decisions so there is a thing which they teach you in b schools nowadays it is called informed decision making mm-hmm. so what is an informed decision it is something where you have weighed the odds uh, seed all the plus and uh, minuses of it and based on that you have taken an informed decision where you have understood what are the side effects or the ripples that this decision will generate just like for the sake of uh, example us keeping the store open 1 to 4 so when we decided we wanted to do that we had the data we had the numbers we knew what was the impact we knew what was the operational cost all of these things are much more faster available and on demand with the help of a thing like iot where every machine's efficiency every worker's efficiency every machine's downtime every machine's uh, error management or error reporting is something that can be seen by all the top management up and down the pyramid in a much more easier manner so this helps us manage our operational efficiency much better uh, our occupancy much better our sales channel is always uh, because of this in a pull based mechanism because we know what is happening at every level and we never have to dump our product into the market and all of this cycle basically helps us ensure that our wastages are minimum our uh, inventory turnaround ratio is super fast and while all of this is done our return on capital employed which is called roca uh, in uh, management terms uh, is always better than what we have projected mm-hmm. so this ensures that a great financial discipline also remains in the system okay. we are never short on cash flows there is never any issue where you know we are running out of cash in spite of profit being booked and that also ensures that whole of our ecosystem is happy so we never have to put our farmers on credit we never have to put our suppliers on credit we never have to put any of our customers out of stock okay so okay. this adds to a very lean system where all elements of the system are happy so that is why iot technology data all of these are the most important factors now for any entrepreneur so you kind of uh, i'm sorry uh, you yeah. kind of uh, leave live and breathe that at at chitra yes, group and course. across chitra group that is of course of course okay we are extremely data driven because the size of the company is now pretty big so when we are looking at that revenue uh, our impact can negatively affect a huge ecosystem so we have to be careful about how we take decisions okay. so you know better to be careful and informed about what we do rather than taking haphazard decisions mm-hmm. and that is something that as fourth generation we have to highly emphasize on exactly so uh, just a brief answer on that if possible so uh, does it make your life or the fourth generation entrepreneurs life difficult to make the the earlier generation understand the importance or did it happen in the past that you know social media was a distraction earlier now it has become a way of business you know across the globe so were there challenges there to make that happen there are occasional challenges when you have multiple generations involved in the business obviously there are diff- there is a generation that gap that comes into the picture so uh, if you are to ask me uh, maybe 7 years ago when we were there on facebook uh, our father's generation thought that you know we were wasting our time pass karta hai ha time pass karta hai kya kya mande nusta tawal kya karala bhid hai but now uh i am not there on facebook but my father generation is even more active than i am i ever am and they are monitoring what are the trends on our instagram page our facebook page or uh, what our youtube videos are doing uh what our uh, web website hits are there so this change of perspective is necessary and sometimes time is the only solution okay uh, you cannot force your decisions onto them uh evolution is necessary and especially for a uh business this size uh, where you know the there's a lot to lose 
we need always have to be evolutionary not revolutionary okay okay because uh, revolutions can not always guarantee stability okay okay so now before we go on to our mug and bucket question there's one last question which i'd like to ask is if in parallel universe if indril chitre uh, was not the ceo what would he be i would definitely be a pilot okay uh, pilot as in the commercial pilot or the fighter pilot uh fighter pilot if uh, okay i'm lucky <laughs> okay. if not commercial pilot will do <laughs> okay okay so now uh, we move on to the mug and bucket question so you know you have seen uh, a lot of uh, you know kind of experience a life that no one has in fact you know there are you are you are one of those privileged ones like you very rightly mentioned so uh, from that standpoint you know what was your mug and bucket moment or moments which you know uh, impacted you uh in a way and maybe impacted the society around you and you know made you who you are today i must say there have been a couple of things but mm-hmm. if i was to uh get a gist of these moments uh what i would say is that you know uh often times there is a misunderstanding in the lower sections of the society which probably what we would say is the labor class in any organization that automation or technology is going to kill their jobs mm-hmm. uh that is not the case because you know automation is justified when the scale is very big but not every mundane task need to be automated because labor in india is still cheap mm. but unfortunately this communication and expectation is not clearly done to them and then they start doing activities which basically are supposed to hurt automation so first thing that happens when you try to automate something is that are apna overtime kami honar hai apna pagar varte baslele so that is not the case yeah. we actually want to ensure that you know we don't really care beyond a certain point about how uh, the earnings are going to change because we will definitely compensate that with a increase in their salary Mm-hmm. but for us the bigger consistency uh, improvement is the consistency in the output of the product if the product is better the sales will be better if we earn more money we will be able to transfer that further but that understanding if not cleared and when governed by external factors where we have uh, politicians we have uh, worker unions we have uh, the press uh, we have so many other external agencies we have whatsapp which is the biggest biggest uh, Uh, you know disruptor in today's time because yeah. you know we don't know what is real and what is false uh, and they bias people's opinion in a very fast manner uh, this communication and this empathy and sensitizing people is the bagad uh, bucket movement for me okay okay when this is not done in a right manner all efforts will be taken by all agencies to ensure that this initiative fails mm-hmm. so driving people to change and adopt technology is what okay. we as leadership have to do okay and if this is not done properly no matter how good the technology is no matter how good the systems are no matter how good the automation that you are trying to do uh, everybody's energy and interest will be wasted into how to fail this rather than how to make this better that's a very good thought so this impact understanding and clarity and communicating that there is no threat to you but rather an improvement in your quality of life is something that many times leaders fail to do we sit uh, it is often seen that uh, you know leaders will never go to the plant never uh, be front of the workers they will not talk to the middle management they will only report to their close counter and uh, you know it is a good thing to do at that times when 
sensitized uh, decisions are to be taken but when some decision affects the lowest section of the pyramid you have to take a effort as a leader to go out reach out to them and tell them what is going to happen when you are able to buy in people's confidence you know you can actually reach the moon and there should not be a problem yeah. because people are the biggest strength and especially in a country like india where we have a huge separation between society and the lower economic section is unfortunately faced with innumerable challenges yeah yeah so their stability and their lack of threat is something that we have to ensure as their employers yeah so i'm sure you know uh, you you must have you know implemented these uh, ideologies and uh, your values and that was kind of your mug and bucket moment which changed you yes because yeah. initially when i came uh, i worked for a certain time in netherlands and you know in in the european country, uh, countries what has happened is that you know the european worker class is now almost gone it is the turkish and the immigrant class that actually are the worker class okay uh, the core country people are now uh in the management level or the ownership level so there is always a divide between these people communicating with each other and i saw this culture and that was something that i thought is good you know we should not take labor seriously at all we just tell them what to do they will do what to do and that does not work because you know that that is the problem europe is facing right now if you see there is a huge problem in the society things are better than 2 years ago but when this whole immigration crisis started there uh, as for the immigrants especially this was even worse but now they have also realized and that is what i think is india's biggest story is that you know we know workers by their first names we'll talk to them we know what is happening in their house we know what is the problem what their kids are educating what their whether their mother or father is not well so these factors have to be present in every organization okay this is empathy again i would say or this is an emotional quotient that you need to bring to your work yeah. it cannot be a 9 to 5 operation where you come you go nobody cares yeah. yeah and when all of this factor and awareness in their minds that somebody cares about us somebody sitting at the top understands that their decision affects us is something that they need to see understand and live not simply for the sake of facebook likes but actually for every decision that you take uh, is something that uh, is very necessary yeah. and that if taken I see hurdles are never a problem. Yeah, I mean that's a very, very, very thought-provoking uh, moment. In fact, you know they should be, uh, you know, heard by a lot of budding entrepreneurs who feel you know idea is the king. But even I am of that opinion that business is equal to people. Yes, absolutely. If you have people, you are a businessman. Correct. Or else you are no one. Correct. So that's that's a very, very, very fantastic answer. And I'm sure you know a lot of uh, people listening out to you would kind of try to incorporate that. So there's one more section uh, before we uh, wrap up the show, and that is called maybe prime minister. Okay. So now uh, you have to tell us one thing that you would like to change if you are chosen as a prime minister of India, apart from what you're doing. well this is a slightly controversial answer okay. but uh, since i have the mandate i think i am definitely going to take up this issue okay. but i think what i would like to do is basically introduce the subject civics <laughs> from okay. junior kg okay why so <laughs> because teaching mathematics and science uh, at that age is not going to change the quality of engineers our country is producing we probably don't need engineers and having engineering degrees or any good degrees and lacking civic sense is as good as uneducated yeah yeah and unfortunately we in india don't know how to form a line 
वी डोंट नो हाउ टू बी पेशंट वी डोंट नो हाउ टू बी अ सिविक सोसायटी वेर वी डू थिंग्स वेच वीच वी हॅव अ अंडरस्टँडिंग ऑफ वॉट द इम्पॅक्ट ऑन सोसायटी इज वी विल थ्रो रॅपर वी विल थ्रो सम फ्रूट कवर अँड नॉट थिंक अबाउट इट बट दॅट इज वॉट वी नीड टू टीच द नेक्स्ट जनरेशन बिकॉज अनलेस वी अंडरस्टँड दॅट सिविक वॅल्यूज सिविक सोसायटी अँड अ सिव्हिल understanding of society is imbibed at a young age uh, the next generation in spite of their excellent degrees excellent education and excellent exposure to the world will be a failed society you know your your, your thoughts should reach masses i feel because I hope so. I because hope so. uh, i really got connected to that part okay. now because even i firmly believe that people need to have that civic sense okay. and that's a very good note to uh, end mm-hmm. our show uh, thank you so much for coming it was lovely knowing I'm you glad to be here. yeah and for the listeners keep listening and until next time love you all thank you so much thank you Thank you for listening to the Mug and Bucket podcast. If you like what you just heard, please subscribe to our show on iTunes, Spotify, Castbox, Hubhopper or any other podcasting app you use. And please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn and Instagram. Want the world to know your Mug and Bucket moment which changed the course of your journey? Go to our website themugandbucket.com and click on share your moment. We will publish your story on our website. Until then take care and keep listening.